0: legion chalk talk this is a podcast for gym owners by gym owners and i am your host scott ramage i am uh really pretty pumped to introduce our uh guest today uh this is mr joe DeGain, and joe is uh a long time pillar in the crossfit community in my mind uh he has been with crossfit hq for 12 years He's owned his affiliate for 10 years. He's been a CrossFit Flowmaster for seven years. And get this, he has spent, he has done 380 L1, L2, and kids seminars. And if you calculate that out, folks, six years of his life has been um, (laughs) teaching uh, seminars to CrossFit trainers, which is incredible. But more importantly, Joe is much more than just a CrossFit dude, so I'm really excited to talk to him. How are you doing, Joe? Welcome to the show.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me, Scott. I am uh, super pumped up and honored to be on this podcast in particular because I love everything that you guys are doing over there with with Level Method and uh, respect you guys so much, so I am thrilled that you would want to uh, have me on and uh, chit-chat about business stuff.
0: Yeah, it's it's just going to be fun, and I absolutely love doing this because I get to – kind of pry open the door to the lives of uh, people that I have admired as a part of level method. And, um, you know, when I first started kind of getting to know you as we we're kind of going through this system, I had no clue what, what it was that you did, which I think is good because I probably would have been a little nervous, like, you know, Oh, we has been in the CrossFit world forever. But, um, huh. so I, I, I learned to enjoy Joe as a business owner and as a guy and, um, and then as I started doing sales calls, what I really realized is people are like, oh, yeah, well, I was at Joe's gym for a seminar. I'm like, Joe, he's a Joe to gain. I'm like, oh, and, and then uh, over and over and over. And I'm like, this dude's like turning people on the level method. I owe oh, him a big thank you. And then kind of hearing these stats, uh, you've been in the game for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's um It, gosh, I got a, it was like 2000, I think I got my L1, uh, like in 2006, um, (laughs) Toronto, and uh, right away, right when I was watching um, the speakers at that seminar, which were like some of the OGs, I mean, Dave was there, Nicole was there, Greg was uh, was, was there, Pat Sherwood was there, and um, that was like in 2007, right away, I knew it was something that I would be super interested in doing, and um, it's been a hell of a ride, yeah.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get into some of that ride. Uh, I'm sure, as someone who's been ingrained in the community for so long and understands the inner workings, and then also the bigger picture, like the the lives impacted, the the um, the things that you have done. You know, I see gym owners. When I owned my affiliate, I I felt very accomplished walking away from that when I sold it because I'm like. I was able to step, create something where people were able to step into a safe place and realize new potential in their life they'd never realized before. And so, you know, you, you, you have this big like, wow. And then I think of the impact. Not only um, have you had that yourself at your own CrossFit affiliate, but then you are the person at the forefront bringing more and more and more people into this. Um, so it's, it's, I'm sure it's fulfilling work, but six years of weekends, um, that's a lot.
1: Yeah. It comes at a sacrifice for sure. It does. I mean, the weekends are obviously when the seminars happen and, um, that's when, that's when family events happen. That's when social events happen. Um, it, it, it means that in other avenues of my life, I've really had to pick up, uh, you know, I gotta, I gotta be a better friend during the week. Cause I won't be going out with my friends on the weekend. I've got, I've got to be a better, I've got to be a better, a better husband. I've got to be a better uh, father during the week uh, just because uh, I've got to send my wife's stag to a wedding for, you know, the, the second or third time this year. Um, and, uh, and it definitely makes uh, time management at a premium for sure it does. Yeah. But you like what you said earlier though, the, it, it's so, it, it is very, very rewarding to, um, Uh, on both levels to uh, the affiliates, first of all, just to expose people to uh, fitness and get their life aligned a little bit, whether or not they even stick with the CrossFit methodology forever, you're able at least to prioritize for them where fitness and nutrition should fit in the schematic for them and their lifestyle. And then on the, uh, on the larger level, just uh, helping people help other people and be of service to other people is, uh, it is really rewarding to uh, watch some of the gyms that have uh, come forth just from being inspired by the L1 and, and, um, and learning the material from it. So, yeah, it's rewarding, but it's, it's definitely a challenge.
2: At Level Method, we're constantly searching for ways to make your life as a gym owner easier. And that's why we created our social media service that makes you look like you're putting in tons of hours or paying someone an arm and a leg. Get six professional themed text and image posts each week, four weeks at a time. Check out levelmethod.com/social for more info.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the challenge as uh, you're managing all of this because you you just you mentioned you said it yourself. The weekends are out. I sent my wife alone to weddings and to events, and um, I want to I want to talk about. Being a husband and a father during um, business ownership, I, I most owners right now would probably be thinking, "Wow, I thought I had a lot to manage," because you know the, a lot of a lot of listeners are are gym owners, and I think they're probably putting a little <laughs> things into perspective. And so, how do you um, how do you do that?
1: Yeah, well, it's certainly. It certainly doesn't come without, um, without the, uh, understanding and love of my family. That's for sure. And I, and I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't be able to balance it at all if it weren't for my wife, Liz, who just, um, can instill the trust with my children and, and, and and actually make me feel comfortable with being away. Um, uh, she definitely, uh, is like the complete support network that keeps us together. Um, that's definitely for sure. Um, and, um, I mean, I would say after Liz, uh, uh, being of so much help, uh, just while I'm gone and the support that she provides is definitely my staff at the gym. And I don't really have a staff. I don't have a, my, my staff at the gym is kind of organically developed. These are all just people that didn't really know their place in the fitness world, not even in the fitness industry, but just in the fitness world. Um, they joined the gym they joined Eight One Zero CrossFit CrossFit just over the years. They became very, very passionate. And they just kind of wanted to share. They just wanted to do what they experienced. They, uh, helping them, they wanted to help other people. And they were inspired. So my staff is gigantic. I mean, I've got like 12 or 13 staff members. And they're all, they're all kind of part-time members. And they do a lot of, uh, they just, they fill in for me while I'm gone. They, uh, they create they, they recreate that. Ambiance that I want to have at the gym when I can't be there, and um, yeah, so uh, definitely at the forefront of holding it together is my wife Liz. She makes sure my kids know I love them while I'm gone, and then she makes me feel okay with being gone. And um, she understands the process too. She was on Liz was on you know, the CrossFit Kids staff for okay. uh, quite a few years, and uh, she isn't anymore. But uh, but then also um, uh, my staff they they go to bat for me. They take care of stuff at the gym when I when I can't be there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure that's a, um, a story of longevity, like what it took to get to the point where you have this support system for the listeners. Um, how many kids do you have?
1: I have four children and two grandchildren, one on the way. And, uh, probably my favorite, uh, part. So three of us, obviously three of the children still live with us, yeah. And then our, our granddaughter um, and our grandson, they live, this is, in my opinion, it's the coolest thing in the world. We live on the same cul-de-sac. So, I mean, right now I'm talking to you, I can see my window right over your shoulder. And I can see, uh, I, right now I can't, but I'll see my grandkids outside playing in the yard.
0: That's incredible. Um,
1: and uh yeah so it's a pretty cool gig but we are definitely a tribe that has kind of commandeered this little cul-de-sac in Flint Michigan <laughs> is what's happened <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> that's incredible i think i've um i've talked to a lot of fathers and grandfathers and they say that the best part of being a father is when you become a grandfather <laughs> and um to have them to have your grandkids in your cul-de-sac would be probably like the pinnacle of what most men would want as a grandfather.
1: It's really cool. It's really cool. And I think they moved in, they probably moved in about two years ago now. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, my wife Liz and I, we've been kind of setting up shop here to, we look at our house differently now because oh yeah, you know, we're, we're going to stay, we're staying put. We have no re. I mean, with those guys being so young, we have no reason. It, it seems bizarre to even live down the street rather than not in the same cul-de-sac. Uh uh yeah, it's it's been a real blessing and uh it's fun, you know. We we'll, just <laughs> you just be you know do do doing dishes or something look out the window and and our granddaughter is just sprinting across <laughs> the yard just to come over to say hi. She has no idea we can even see her. It, you're right, it does. It kind of it just puts like a warm feeling in your heart and uh it makes you happy to be alive.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you <laughs> that's that's a really cool story. And I I like I had this picture in my mind. So um that would be a dream come true as a father now with kids that are too young to have kids. But, uh, I can see that as kind of a pinnacle of, uh, I've done well. I, I I'm involved in the lives of my continuing generations, which is really fun. Um, so you're, are you still, you're still active, uh, staff with CrossFit?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've, uh, I was, I was pretty fortunate The uh, headquarters. Um, Headquarters really went to bat for um, for as many people as they could when the quarantine hit. I, uh, I specifically, my job um, kind of shifted to the online kids gigs, and uh, probably between like March fifteenth, which was right right about when the quarantine started, until uh, gosh, I want to say like mid June. I bet you I was working about. One, if not two of those cr- online kids gigs, um, which happened, uh, same thing, like nine to five regular hours of a seminar, um, uh-huh. uh, when they were over zoom. And, um, I did that all during the quarantine had uh, plenty of work. And then ever since then, um, I, uh, I, I've I've, I've, I've been back on the road. I've been traveling and, um, I haven't, I haven't been out of the country. Um, I haven't been West of the Mississippi river um but uh but yeah I'm working on average I do anywhere between 2 and 4 gigs a month wow which is about what it's always been for me yeah and um and and you know it it has been a hell of a ride for crossfitters in general we all know that we've all been st- uh stripped out of our communities um uh uh not been able to work out like we want to uh kind of this um I don't know, just this very sacrificed version of what we envisioned uh for our social life and our fitness. And then especially, you know, when everything went down with CrossFit and um and and, and people started to uh um denounce themselves from the CrossFit brand. Um and it really uh it, it it's been a hell of a ride for everybody. And these seminars, I'll be honest with you, they are just such a breath of fresh air to just be around CrossFitters. Wanting to do CrossFit stuff, and specifically wanting to learn—I mean, most of the time, if people go do the L1 or L2 seminar, they're there because they want to be a coach. Usually, Um, right. um, And this is another topic we can even go down later. It's like I I personally think every every CrossFitter should do the CrossFit L1 method uh, seminar and learn about this crazy lifestyle from the the underpinnings and what it exactly is that they have chosen to do for this lifestyle of fitness. Um, but most people are there just to talk about CrossFit and to be of service to others. So to go on these seminars, I think for the participants and even for the staff as well, it's a breath of fresh air just to be back around, you know, just to learn about how to make an impact on people's lives. Um, and it's, so the seminars have been a savior for me. Um, as well as getting back into my gym and, uh, and being around my people, uh, specifically, but just on the broader level to see, okay, CrossFitters are longing to just be of service to other people and to learn and talk about CrossFit stuff and just be cool. Let's just be cool with each other. Let's be right. different from this divisive nation that's going on right now. And, uh, and just be supportive of each other. Right. Um, so yeah, it's, The seminars have been amazing lately. And yeah. I'm still on staff. Long, long answer for a short question. Oh, no,
0: it's it's great. Um, I think it just kind of gives a picture of what drives you, why, you know, why you would choose a hectic schedule. What most people would say that they don't have time and they work hundreds of hours because they own a business and then to throw every you know two to four weekends a month into the mix, um, people are wondering what, what's the energy source. And I think that's something that, um, that I want to talk about is, is that the energy and the, the drive and the positivity of the tribe? Um, is that, did that feel different through all the troubles across it? Or was it, was it an overriding force and you didn't, it's like, that's, you know what, that's whatever. I'm, I'm still right. doing what I'm doing.
1: I hear you. No, I would be, I would be lying through my teeth if I didn't say when all that stuff was going down. Um, uh, when people were denouncing themselves and, uh, um, yeah, just all that turmoil was happening. If I, if I didn't, I'd be lying if I didn't tell you, I didn't sit down on my couch in my gym when it was all closed and shed some tears, just sitting there all by myself, just thinking about what in the world, what direction I mean, I don't know. I, I, I had to look up. You know, I mean, I had to look up Joe's gym.com, which costs $4,000, by the way, if anybody ever wanted to buy <laughs> their website, don't be right. Cause somebody's just parked on it. Um, no, it, it was a tough time. It was a really tough time. Nobody knew, uh, nobody knew what direction anything was going. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, so to be back to where we are now. Um, and, and I mean, now I would definitely say there is something to be said for what you're talking about, like that, that uh, tidal wave of energy and positivity, that was definitely there the entire time amongst like the seminar staff who is, who Mm -hmm. I'm most in touch with. I mean, we were all positive with each other. You know, how are you doing out there? Um, uh, You know, but uh, at the same time, like we're, we're checking in on each other. We're, we're crossing T's and dotting I's to make sure that we're all doing okay. and, and, And that we can support each other. But at the same time, not really even knowing if we are going to be doing a seminar in, ever again if we'll ever be working together again we didn't know what the future was holding I mean gosh people were just dropping like flies from the CrossFit community and um and you know another weird part about that whole thing too was just uh, I mean there was a lot of demand from the public about uh you know where you stand there was a lot of demands of, of from clients uh I know there's a lot of staff members that were, they just had, you know, clients coming to them saying, what are you going to do about this? And, um, and it's not just a cut and dry thing of what are you going to do about this? Like some people have built their entire lifestyle. Like this is, this is my job. This is my occupation. This is what I, this is how I put bread on the table for my family. Uh, right. This is kind of a big deal. And, and, and it's not something that warrants a knee jerk reaction. Uh, By any stretch of the measure where it it doesn't when it doesn't play that big of a role in somebody else's life, they might not have the empathetic skills that it takes to realize what a serious role it takes to make a decision uh, or, or, you know, a decision like that takes a serious uh, amount of thought. And uh, uh, before you jump on any type of bandwagon or anything, Um, so so the support was there the support was there. The positivity was always there. It never left from the staff. The staff was always kind of united, but we just, we really didn't know what the next step would hold in the chapter of the CrossFit book, I guess.
0: Yeah. I think, I think of course you, you kind of alluded to it. There's people who jump ship. Like I'm like, they must've been one foot out already. Like that was kind of like my, my thinking like, okay, they, they were already kind of like, um, measuring out like what this was gonna look like already. I, I really feel that way. Um and then those that hung on a little bit, you get this you get this thing that you thought would never happen. Somebody new buys outright buys CrossFit. Oh, it, yeah. And it's not just anybody. You know, I don't know. I don't know him, but I know people who do know him. In fact, one of my um one of my people that reports to me at level method had trained him he was like I trained that guy for several years I was his you know his trainer and he's like he's a great dude like and he's built this massively successful business and I believe he sold it so those who hung on now have this new thing how's that transmission how's that transition been well you know um you know you don't have to say anything positive negative just whatever you want
1: yeah. I think, you know, I think it's, I think it's exciting. I mean, I think the community was longing for a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, I I definitely think uh, some of the stuff I really enjoy about Eric, you know, is that uh, he's a professor of leadership right. and is, is it at the university of Colorado? I think he's a professor of leadership and he even self-proclaims, he's pretty humble. He, 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 he self-proclaims that, he doesn't know all the right answers, uh, for CrossFit. Uh, but what he does understand, and it seems like with his resume, he understands how to be a leader and he understands how to listen to the needs and desires of the community. And he seems to understand that his job is to put people in the right spots to make those needs and desires come to uh, fruition. And, uh, and it looks like that's what he's doing right now. He's not necessarily making I don't know, from my vantage point, what I witnessed, I haven't witnessed all of it. Um, and I'm not up to speed on everything. I, I, there's so much stuff to happening. Uh, I got to believe that he is definitely putting people in the right places to make the right decisions, not actually making the decisions himself, which is what a good leader does.
0: Absolutely. And, uh,
1: and then plus, uh, he automatically wins a good place in my heart because he's a Michigan Wolverine. And that's a <laughs> matter as well. So right when I saw that, I was... I, I i was excited um but then i you know I'd, I'd also i would be remiss if i didn't also i mean i will totally recognize and, and i'm excited about eric uh being there but i'll i'll tell you what like i i wasn't disappointed when um when dave castro was the ceo um dave is an amazing leader himself and um you're seeing actually from what the, the short time that dave was even a uh the CEO, you're seeing a lot of the, the little decisions that he made at that time are, are like really big things right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Specifically like that scholarship program, which is just taking off uh, that scholar, that CrossFit scholarship program is a really neat little thing that they have put together. And, um, and that was Dave's baby. That was one of the first things Dave put together when he was there. Um, And then, and then, yeah, and and even the games and, and, and what he's done to restore excitement Uh, out of, out of the games. I mean, that was pretty electric. Uh, I wasn't disappointed and I I wasn't, I wasn't, I mean, I'm I'm excited for Eric as well, but there, there's a lot of good people in charge right now over there. And, um, and I can say that I'm, I'm excited to watch the ride happen. I really am. I'm excited to watch that ride happen. And a lot of, a lot of people are starting to, we're starting to see changes, the real results of decisions that are made at a table. We're starting to see them happen right now.
0: That's excellent. That's really good to hear. And you just you you can't go all in on a new person. I mean you can, but you're always like kind of sitting back and watching. But um to me, my observation is that the the gaps that needed to be filled are being filled. Like this le- this this leadership and using other people to really um like write the ship, like what you know, write it, it. You can't do that alone. And so you find the right people, put them in the right seats and move forward together. Um so you remain to be a CrossFit affiliate, obviously through all of this. But let's let's step into the next thing because we've talked about this. We've had this kind of earth shattering for CrossFitters for for CrossFit gym owners. This this thing that happened with CrossFit HQ, and it kind of righted itself. We have COVID and um, the mass destruction it's had on on gyms. You and I were talking about that beforehand, and, and the heartbreak that's kind of gone into. The, the closures and those that couldn't make it, and we are both seeing the ripples effect of that. Still, what is it? November now. We're seeing that continue on, and now there's new closures coming. Like just this week, um, I think it was yesterday, the Staritz announced that they closed the door to San Francisco CrossFit. I mean, like uh, yeah. a pillar in the community. I don't know how long when they started, but um, you know, a lot of people because of um, the, the mobility aspect of bringing, bringing that kind of in the forefront of CrossFit and, and that they've been around for so long. They were, I don't know if you knew that they were um, featured in the book, Never Lose a Customer Again, about their, about their cust- the way that they treat their customers, which was just a testament to the CrossFit community in a whole. I mean, they were basically talking about how CrossFit is so great for customer experience. Um, so we still have these things going on. Is that affecting, how is that affecting your head? How is Joe staying stable in a world of turmoil right now?
1: Yeah, you know, um, you know that's, that's interesting. I, uh, what do I personally do? Um, you know, I try to stay um, right, wrong, or indifferent. My strategy has always kind of been just to stay in my lane and make sure that I can focus on the things that I need to focus on. And, um, you know, uh, it's social media is, 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 uh, tough. It's, it's tough to juggle that mindset with social media. Um, there's a, there's a ongoing joke about being married, right? There's an ongoing joke that says like, I can't live with them. Can't live without them. And I think that is very much true about social media. Like you can't live with it and you can't live without it now. Um, and I think for me, you know, I, I think the more when just the way the way social media plays a role in your life, um, I just have to make sure that I'm only focusing on the things I want to focus on. I can't be around toxic energy. Um, I I I want to know what's going on in the world. Like I'm I'm glad I was able to. to I wouldn't even know that San Francisco CrossFit shut down if I wasn't on social media. Right. Um, But I have to be very specific about how much I'm going to dive in. And then what is that next news post after that, uh, which can totally flip your mind uh, uh, to a toxic way. And um, uh, maybe it comes from my wrestling background. I was a wrestler all my life, uh, wrestled through college. And um, so I'm the guy who would always just put my hood up. Uh, I got my jump rope over in the corner. I'm doing my own thing. I'm staying in my lane. I'm trying to be laser focused. And, um, and, and a lot of times that's what I have to do is I just have to put my blinders on and make sure that I'm doing what's right for my family, what's right for eight one oh CrossFit, uh, what's right for me as an, an individual, making sure that I'm on task with things that I'm, that I believe in. And I feel like, so, so to answer your question in a, in a shorter manner is, is I guess I just have to juggle social media well, because social media it just seems like, uh, it, it can just it's like a dog that sees a ball. Your, 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 your thoughts can just go, just get, just go off on tangents at any given moment. And I find that I find that I can't stay focused on what is best for me, my family, uh, my gym and whatnot. When I dive too much into there, I have to be selective about where I'm going to, uh, focus my energies. Yeah. And one of them areas is certainly making sure that I always can at least see the level method uh, feed coming through. <laughs> uh, it always has wonderful little nuggets in there and it awesome. uh, and, and, and helps to stay with blinders on, but you got to take those blinders off once in a while just to make sure you're not totally off task. Right. And you got to see what's going on, but you can't just assume that because you see something else going on, that that's what's best for you. You have to stay focused on what's best for you.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like you kind of have a hierarchy. Like, yes, I have to engage in social media, but I have a hierarchy of needs or um, importance. First is that I'm driving mid-business with social media. One thing that I've noticed and I've watched from you is that you are in front of your people, not only in the building, because I know you are because you own it, um, but also On social media like you're you're there you guys have a great presence you're doing your thing Um, and 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 you do you do have to be extremely disciplined because there's days I want to give up I want to I want to shut everything down and walk away but then there's but level method and my own um, other projects are built on a backbone of communication through social media and um, what I'm seeing right now and I kind of want to I want to open a can of worms a little bit. What I'm seeing is I, multiple gym owners have thrown away social media altogether. They're like, "I'm done, I'm off. my gym's not doing anything with it, and I have my opinion about that um, you you kind of spoke to it like keeping those blinders pointed in the right direction. What is your response to that? No judgment on anybody. I just
1: right, yeah, I hear you um I can you know i, I I, I, I get it. First of all, I get it. Uh, I, um, I think it's, um, I, I could understand not wanting to, I, I'm not going to judge anybody that gets off of social media. Um, I, I don't know that I would even be on social media if it wasn't for, um, for my gym. Uh, right. I think my gym is, is the main reason that I am on there. Um, uh, uh, I, I guess, I, I guess for for me, it seems like a disadvantage, uh, just simply because, I mean, everybody's on there and if you want to get exposure, if you, if you want people to know that you exist, they at least, uh, they, they at least got to go to your page and you know, that's the number one route. Right. Um, so to me, it seems crazy to get off, but at, I don't know, at the same time, I, I can see not wanting to have to deal with it. Um and and wanting to get off and and also i mean could that i don't know could that add a little bit of mystique a, a a little bit of uh man look at these look at this look at this underground gym over here they're not even on social it's almost like a speakeasy type uh type right right back in the day remember one of the big things was if you were a crossfit gym you didn't have a sign that's right it was, it was you, you didn't have a sign this is pre-social media Right, you didn't even have a sign up on your gym. So when you hear about this crazy place, oh my gosh, you look great. Where are you getting your results from? Oh, this place called I don't know such and such CrossFit, and they're like, and they can't find it. So they come back to the person, and now they're just totally intrigued about this oasis of a building that exists somewhere where they don't know, but they know they got to get there to get fit, um, and, and they know that it's all serious and fitness and no frill, no no social media frill involved. Maybe it adds a little bit of mystique. And the more I talk about it and run through it in my head right now, um, maybe I might just cancel my social media right now. <laughs> I was like, that,
0: you know, wow. At first, I was a little regretting asking that question. And as soon as you started coming with this answer, I'm like, wow, this is really cool. This is kind of almost back to the roots. Like you said, no sign. We don't advertise. We just You find us based on results and this underground network. Um,
1: if, you, yeah, if you're focusing all your time on social media – you're probably dropping the ball somewhere else in your gym. Oh, absolutely. Right? Or just, in your family. Yeah. Or yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. So, right. yeah, the idea of like not focusing on social media allows me to provide a better product, and my people know that. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I just, I've, I've, I've had too much personal uh, stories of people finding us via social media. Right. Inside, like, oh, okay. Welcome to 810. How'd you find here? Oh, I saw you on Instagram or I saw, I saw my friend tag, so they checked in at your place. Um,
2: So it it is, it is a very valuable tool. I can see both sides. If you want to join the best coaches and owners in the world, you have to check out levelmethod.com. We help gyms all over the world run a more professional and profitable business, stand out from the crowded market and keep their members engaged, safe and progressing for longer. Join the Legion, And make fitness great again. Go to levelmethod.com. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's transition here. Um,
0: It's obvious you have a very full life, full as in you have a lot of responsibility. And um, I'm just curious what what you do to keep everything in check. Like, do you have a morning routine? Do you have certain things you do every single day, no matter what? Do you have wait, what, what things are in place in your life to make sure that you maintain balance and, um, and sanity.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I do have a morning routine and, um, and I really, gosh, if, if there's one thing I would encourage everybody to do, it would be their own morning routine, right. Which has to be specific to them and your morning routine. It, it, I can't do it and you can't do mine because it has to be specific to your needs and desires. And, uh, I really do believe that, um, you see it all the time. Some of the world's most successful people have their own little way that they wake up in the morning. Uh, They they really do. And for me personally, um, for me personally, I I do have to own my morning. Uh, So my morning routine, first of all, starts the night before uh, because I have to make sure that um, for some reason I have to have a clean, Kitchen in the morning. I gotta have I gotta have my dishes. I can't have my 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 dishes piled up in the morning. Um, I have to make sh- and I also have to make sure that I set my coffee. My coffee has to be ready when I wake up. So I got to get my timer. I got to set my coffee pot up. So when I wake up at 5 a.m., I have to come into my kitchen and the smell of coffee has to be there and the kitchen has to be clean. Um, and then I can just simply pour my coffee. I've got my uh, 18 minute stretch routine um, which is, uh, is all timed out. It's, uh, it's probably like 12 different stretches, um, which is basically is just like me stealing a bunch of stuff that I enjoyed from Ramwad and just making my two routines that I alternate between. Um, I, I, um, so I have these routines memorized. The reason I don't like to do the Ramwad is just simply because I like to be in my world. I don't want to be in somebody else's world. So I just have my timer telling me when, uh, to switch my poses. And uh, I do my 18-minute stretch routine. I have uh, a 10-minute. After that, I'll immediately move into like a 10-minute little core uh, workout. Um, it just it just stuff working uh, the core, all body weight, no equipment needed. Um, not I'm not knocking myself out with a uh, with a metcon or uh, or something. This is just uh, stretch. Do that little routine, and um, while I'm stretching, there's a few things I got to take care of. Um, there's an app that I I, I like to use. Um, this app is um, kind of the, the whole purpose behind this app. It's called Elevate. Um, it's just to kind of keep your mind sharp. Uh, puts you through like uh, basically like little brain games is what it does. Um, in, in all the in, you know in, in uh, arithmetic and in, in, in writing and uh, literature and uh, and it just kind of keeps you sharp. Um, I do that. I've got a couple five or six minute little inspirational YouTube videos that I like to watch. Um, they're just the five or six minute ones that basically just talk about making sure that you're doing what's right for you in your life. Um, and then after that, then I got to hit the gym cause I got to be there by 6am cause that takes 30 minutes. Uh, right. I got to wake up at five. Um, I got to be in that basement doing that stretching by like five Oh five with my coffee in my hand. Um, and then I got to be out the door by, uh, like five forty five to be able to get to the gym in time.
0: Yeah, that's kind
1: of my routine. That's that's where I am. That's my zen, if you will. Yeah,
0: Yeah. that's awesome. I love listening to people's morning routines because um, I fought it for so long, personally. Like, that's just a bunch of, you know, it's stupid. I I should be able to call the shots every morning, right? Like, but over the years, like you said, you hear these successful people saying, morning routine, morning routine, morning routine, but uh, what I've learned is the same thing as you is it's not picking up one person's thing and just copying it. It's developing what works for you, what gets your mind and body aligned for the day. And what I love about what you just said was that you have, we don't have a lot of control of things in our lives, but what we can do is control what first hits us in the morning. Like I, I know I personally don't touch social media or emails until I've completed <laughs> A laundry list of things that are way more important to me my family uh, exercise stretching all those things come before right but what you've done is you've created order with your morning there's no chaos the the kitchen will be clean the coffee will be ready and this is what I'm doing Um, and and you know I would encourage people to find your own routine and I love that
1: no there's no way I would find 18 minutes to stretch later on in the day, you're, you're that time will get hijacked in an
0: instant before yep. you. it
1: just won't happen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's really good. I love that you laid it out so that other people can start to like, because it's all about picking and choosing. Like, you know, for me, I was like, you know, I do stretching, but it would be really nice to have an actual timer that runs me through it. So I don't miss anything. So picking up on that. I love it. Um, what are you currently learning? Like, are you, are you always learning? Do you have, I mean, you said you watch these inspirational type videos in the morning and you do your your elevate app is is there anything else that goes on in the day of joe to kind of sharpen your mind
1: yeah um you know i can honestly say that um one of my one of the things i'm most amazed about is the constant learning that just takes place on the on uh, at, at at the gym and on the weekends, as far as taking the theoretical concepts of the CrossFit methodology and applying them in the practical application, I'm always constantly, you know, I, obviously I always preach about the methodology and, um, and then you hear, you hear questions or you hear stories and, um, and then you, I even have experiences at the gym and then I'm able to, uh, connect the dots and be like, oh, that is, that is, so that's actually my practical application of that theoretical concept and if I really examine the theoretical concept, I could probably make. Oh, I could totally make that practical application better. Um, and and just, I'm 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 not gonna. I would never sit here and be ignorant enough and and say that I've already learned everything. That's so ignorant to say. But I, it, I don't want this to come off the wrong way either. Is that uh, I think just I think just making those connections constantly helped me to better apply the methodology of CrossFit just by being totally in uh involved with it on a daily basis um, i actually get better at implementing the methodology so that's definitely um uh one area that i'm constantly um uh learning with is uh is that and then really like currently i i've i've been i've been really interested in the whole um Contrast therapy, like heat and cold, uh, ice, ice baths, and saunas, and um, and I've really been diving into that and, and and enjoying what I read and what I learn about, and also experiencing it myself, and starting to understand some of the benefits. Um, and that's been something that I've been diving into quite a bit uh, as of recently, uh, looking at that. But then also, I'm I'm also just taking the online courses for CrossFit. Whenever we release new online course, I'll take that course, like the dumbbell course or the programming course, um, little things like that. Uh, we were involved with a book club that has new books being released every, every month. Um, and usually they're more related to the health side about how to prevent diabetes. Um, uh, a, a lot about the we- the ills of Western medicine, um, that we read about all the time on CrossFit.com. Uh, um, those are some of the, but mostly what I'm learning and experiencing though has mostly to do with the fitness industry and just right. uh, in, in that, in that manner. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's your life. You've made, this is your occupation and you are, you are, <laughs> you are forging the future of CrossFit trainers by being the one who's training them. So that they, it seems like it might be just a little bit important. Um, so I can't tell you how many times, like somebody at a seminar, somebody asks a question and just
1: having the ability to be like, ah, and then, and then just talk about that, like, once again, talk about that theoretical concept and making them be like, ah, I get it. I get it. Like one, that's so simple is like, like the on-ramp process or whatever somebody wants to call it, like their foundations or their elements about how that relates to the theoretical concept of a, a charter to intensity, which is something that's always been presented and always been in the CrossFit methodology. Um, but, uh, but sometimes it's overlooked and it's not even implemented in gyms. Right. Um, and when people's really start to realize, oh, so that on-ramp or that foundations class we have, that's not just supposed to be like a rah-rah doing seven minutes of burpees. That's actually supposed to be talking about the mechanics and establishing some type of consistency before we really get in our cool trainer stance and say three, two, one, go, uh, and apply that intensity.
0: Yeah, that's really good. It's, it's, um, always kind of going back to the foundations, the, the key concepts, those things. It's, you can't just let them slide. Um, I want to revisit what, something you said very early on, is that you have a lot of staff members. And so there's several lines of thought here. There's there's a the line of thought is you should have few and they should be full-time and this should be their life. Now you've developed successfully, I would say, a, a very large bench, part-time staff. What has been the key for keeping them part-time but Oh, it, what you, how you explain them is that they have a full-time buy-in, not that they're doing full-time work, but they are committed. I don't know if they're committed to Joe, if they're committed to eight one Oh or a combination. So what do you attribute to that To Let's, let's dive into that a little bit.
1: Well, definitely. Like when I look for coaches at eight, one Oh CrossFit, I definitely, um, I definitely look just like who, who is a trusted member. Um, I just feel like they understand our tribe. They understand our culture. Um, Gosh, I mean, if I just post up a now hiring sign on my Instagram page and let fitness professionals, not that the fitness professionals that would apply wouldn't know their mechanics and wouldn't know their stuff. I just don't know that they would understand the transmission of culture that we're trying to create at 810. And these people that a lot of our coaches – have nothing previously had nothing to do with with the fitness industry they just they just loved experiencing the class they loved experiencing the coaching they loved it, uh, the inspiration that we would give off and they just wanted to mimic it they just wanted to be a part of and you could just kind of tell when those people are there and they and they ask you know we host we host an L1 or L2 seminar about every five or six weeks. We have to shut down our gym. So to my members specifically, they're always like, hey, what is that? So why are we closed again? And then I got to explain to them what the L1 is. right? Um, and, they, and they get intrigued. Like, oh, man, I'd love to take that sometime. And they just end up taking it because they're always at our home gym. Um, and these guys just – they just kind of eventually become – they just take on one or two classes a week. And for a while, we've had this like hodgepodge schedule of all these – Uh, members who have just become trainers. And I think, you know, uh, I mean, what have have we done with these guys? I mean, besides like just giving them feedback on the professional development, you know, professional development and the feedback that we give them. uh, One thing that we've done that's interesting that I've had a lot of talks with people about is all of my, all of my coaches um, have remained members of, of 810 CrossFit. Um, which is, uh, which is a touchy subject, right? Once you're a coach, you get your membership comp and, um, and then, uh, and then maybe you get paid for the classes. Um, uh, basically what, what we've kind of done at 810 is you just keep paying your membership, uh, dues is what you do. And then we pay you to coach is what we do. So that way there's no hard feelings when, um, there's no hard feelings. Like if you have a busy month and you can't make it into coach, um, that month, or you need a, a month off. There's no, there's no pressure on my part to be like, oh, well, I should probably fire your membership back up and have an awkward conversation. Awkward. Uh, we, we, yeah. we, yeah, we pay them well for the classes they do, and they pay a full time membership is what they do. And I think, I, I, I think that's kind of created a little bit of a, I think that's created a healthy culture. Um, I, I think it's made. I think coaches respect the gym a little bit more because they still feel like they're a vested member of the gym. And at any given time, if they don't want to be, there's no hard feelings. They can just leave. Um, But then I just don't have these awkward members who are not paying a membership, but I don't really know how involved they are anymore. Um, Maybe they just, because they've had a free membership for a while, but I don't know if they're actually, they don't come, but I see them over there working out uh, what's going on. Um, And I feel like that has just kind of, uh, I feel like that's been a beneficial thing for us. And a lot of, when I talk to a lot of other gym owners, they, they, a lot of them say like, Oh, that's a great idea. I would love to do that, but they're already in a place where it's, it's already beyond that. Yeah. And they can't switch. It's, it's too hard to switch back. So they don't, they don't switch back. And, um, uh, but I do feel like it's kind of given my coaches a little bit of a different perspective rather than being an actual comp member who gets trade. You, you work these classes for free. I give you a free membership. It just keeps it a little bit more professional. I feel like, um, and I, and I notice I don't have to deal with some of the other obstacles that some other gym owners have that maybe get brought up sometimes.
0: I think that, I, I think it's a, a, an incredibly good practice and it's really hard, really hard for most people to grasp that. Like, but like if you're doing a good job, I'm going to pay you enough to cover your dues plus some. Yeah. And, and then the transitions, like you said, the transitions are so much more eloquent because it's not like, oh, well, now I need to bill you now. Instead, I'm now one minute I'm paying you, the next minute I'm taking money from you. And it also keeps what you're giving. There's still a value in it for them. They are valuing what they're getting. And I'm wondering if that also helps um, with things like, not having exclusive, and I don't know your gym, so I'm jumping to conclusions, but they don't have their own exclusive training. Uh, they don't have a separate coaches club, like, oh, the coaches do different workouts. Now, maybe they do that in your gym. but
1: No, no they do not. No, I'm a stickler. Like, we're all in, we're a tribe. We're all in this together, man. You know, there's I, no secret yeah. proprietary programming that anybody's following. Yeah.
0: And I think that helps maintain it. If they're paying their membership dues, they are part of the membership. I think that's, really really healthy um i think that's a really great takeaway for some people to consider however implementing it midstream that's a whole n- <laughs> maybe oh, culture, give the person culture, a raise that it covers it's hard,
1: it. that's hard right culture yeah. change establishing culture is one thing but culture change is oh my gosh is that an uphill everybody's had to do some type of a little shift in your uh culture at some point yeah. and, uh, and you know that's a that's a that's a hell of an uphill battle
0: was level method a culture change for you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, it was certainly a culture change. I'd like to, I'd like to say, um, well, you know what, you know what level method did it? Maybe it was a little bit of a shift of, of thinking for myself. I think there was a while where I was pretty convinced and frustrated that the reason people were always going R X was because they had an ego problem. Mm -hmm. and um and they just didn't have a respect for for, uh uh, technique and mechanics um is and and i would get frustrated and um and i think my lens for that was off i I think i i i I think that that does exist i think there are people that have to go brown or have to go uh or have to mark rx um I do think that, that the ego can exist and it, and it can be frustrating. However, I also think that there is a more than not more, more times than not people just want to compare themselves objectively to a collective group of other people. And a lot of times in the gym, you know, if you, if you go RX, you can compare yourself objectively to other people. You can know how you did today because everybody did the same thing. Right. But traditionally, right. So if these people go our over here, well, if we're going to scale this group of people, usually it would end up like we're scaling all of you a different way and they can't really compare themselves. Uh, they can't get, they can't fulfill that need of wanting to know how they compare to somebody else. Um, and what I noticed, and, and you know what, there's nothing wrong with scaling everybody a different way. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But it, but for some people, it doesn't it doesn't help people click. Other some people just want to know the, right, the scaled version in the CrossFit Open is a great example of this, right? Nobody would ever do the scaled version if it were not going to be a, a counted score. They would only do it if like, oh, so we're all scaling the same way. And what level method allowed us to do is it allowed us to have the option for both we can scale a workout and optimize it to where it's not going to be one of the six options that are on this screen and it might be unique to this person and that person could be okay with it however the next person what makes them psychologically click right? What's good for them is they just have to know, like, I don't know how many other people did the orange version and specifically did the orange version. And I just want to see how I did against this other person who always does the orange version. And it gives them a collective group. And it would stop that orange person from feeling like they have to click the brown button or the RX button just to be able to objectively compare their score. Right. Which, and when they would do that, they would totally ruin the stimulus of their workout. Um, and it wasn't an ego problem. It was just them wanting, that's something that helps them click psychologically. Um, so I think, uh, I I would like to, I would really like to believe that we had a good culture for respecting mechanics and technique and scaling correctly, um, in our gym, but level method just, I feel like I was just a, like a, like a dog, doggy paddling in water, trying to keep my head above water doing this and then discovered level method. And, and just like, oh, I was only scratching the surface. I had no idea how easy and simple this could be. Um, that is one thing I will just always tip my hat to you guys and Nathan. you know what uh, it, It's just amazing how simplified this process has been made. The amount of thinking you can't look at that map and, and and doubt the amount of thinking and time that has gone into. Ah, uh, coming up with these these little boxes, it, it it you're just immediately humbled by looking at the amount of uh, data that has been collected, the amount of tests that have been run to come up with this precisely tuned map. Um, even the on-ramp process. Uh, I mean, I I I looked at your kickstart. Well, the second I looked at the kickstarts, I was and I looked over at my on-ramps and I looked at the kickstarts and I looked over at the uh, my on-ramps. I was like, my gosh, I'm like this. Uh, this is it. This is. I, I wish I would have had this when I started, and I wouldn't have had to waste all my time on design. It's everything is just seamlessly feeds into one another. It is a, a operating procedure that uh, that is just so valuable, um, and um, and it's it's brought a lot of transparency. I feel like to our gym, uh, our new members as they come in and they know nothing different. They know nothing different except for level method is what they know. Um, it's just a seamless roadmap to success that they seem to adapt right away. And our old hands look at the map and they're like, man, they, they, they get excited. They get excited to share their map knowledge or know-how with the new members because they wish that they would have had this roadmap to success when they first started. And we all kind of look back and I don't want to say laugh at our original experiences, but just realize like how, how they could have been done better. The original experiences right. could have done better. better with uh with the, the the way the map is all
0: laid out that's awesome that's awesome um cuz i you know i've always wondered like what what brings a crossfit flowmaster a guy who is trained in training the trainers and trained <laughs> in the very foundations of the movement and i mean we go into scaling in level 1 um it's, it's in, definitely in level 2 and what brings a guy with years and years and years of very inside, in-depth, practical, uh practiced methodology and knowledge on this. What brings them into level method? Like what like, so, like what was the thing at the beginning that you're like, I gotta have that?
1: Yeah. Um well I'll be honest, I had uh have always believed I've always believed that I would so I was a school teacher for 12 years uh before I um I retired from there and started doing this and opened my gym. And um, I always loved elementary classrooms. Elementary classrooms have the answers on the wall. The alphabet's on the wall. The world map is on the wall. All your nouns are on the wall. Your number boards, your multiplication tables are all on the wall. You're literally sitting in an elementary classroom and you can just look over and see your answer. And you can look over there and see the answer. And I always kind of had a vision of my gym, when I open it, I would love to have the answers on the wall. This is the roadmap. This is how you get there. And as you come in, I think as elementary students, you don't even realize that you're literally embedding this information into your head just by looking at it every day, um, just by referencing it once in a while. And I love that idea. So, my gym, I had, I originally had a lot of answers on the wall that I had kind of concocted on my own. And another uh, staff member um, uh, came to my gym and was kind of just looking at the wall. And, and mentioned, Hey, have you ever, have you ever heard of the map or level method? And the answer was no, I had never heard of it. And as soon as I started looking into it, um, I realized, I definitely looked at it. You know, I just kept an arm's distance at it, kind of stared at it and and was, uh, and was wondering what it was all about. And as I just stared and looked and, and dissected and thought, I was like, my goodness, there is a lot of thought that's gone into this. Um, and I even started it, I, even when we started level method, I still kind of held it at an arm's distance. I only took what I wanted and you guys were wonderfully clear about like, you, we're going to provide you with all this stuff and you take what is good for you. You don't need all of it, whatever you want to take, it's there for you. And I would just like, at first I was kind of muddling in the, in the, in the, in the programming and with the map. And I got a little bit more involved and a little bit more involved. And I would take a little bit more of this and take it on. And really, what I started to slowly realize is, I was able, I was able to be of service to my athletes so at such an elevated level, when I actually just totally trusted Level Method to take care of this programming and the scaling and uh, the on-ramp process for me. Um, I, I evaluated it. I gave it a green light. Um, I I thought, I I just thought it was wonderfully thought out and I was, I'm just able to be a better coach. I don't have to, when I don't have to write the programming, when I can just trust the programming, when I don't have to, um, when I don't have to uh, test the programming the week before, when I can just literally see the programming show up, I can see the coach's notes. I can understand uh, the transparency to be able to communicate with my athletes. There are so many other things that I can do better that this standard operating procedure does not have to be something I take on. Um, I, I, I mean, I think I could do a good job of it, but then something else would suffer. And um, like right now, I can honestly say that, yeah, it's it's allowed. It's it's allowing us to have like real right now level method specifically is allowing us to have real me to have real meaningful goal meetings with my athletes that are proving to be tremendously helpful. Um, And I knew they would be, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't juggle everything. And just by simply outsourcing that aspect of whatever level method could offer me by outsourcing it to them, I am able to be of service better to my athletes at the gym. And, and by no, and for sure, that means, that means I don't have to spend as much time programming at home. I'm not, I'm not in bed at night doing programming on my own, writing stuff up, while I'm sitting next to my wife who is, uh, I don't know, watching the bachelorette and, and maybe I'm not a fan of the bachelorette, but I at least should be laughing at it with her and enjoying right. that moment with her rather than, uh, rather than burying my head into this, uh, uh I don't know, should, should we do a time or a task priority today? Or what did we do yesterday? Or how long has it been since we did this? Uh, Nathan and you guys do such an amazing job that I can just trust you guys and I can be a better business owner. I could be of service to my athletes. I could be a better husband. I could be a better uh, father, uh, just simply by outsourcing this because it's hours of work that you, I, I'm, I, I'm probably offending somebody on your side by saying hours. <laughs> like <it's> probably <laughs> tens of hours of work that that you guys take off my plate every single every single week.
0: Yeah, that's that's incredible. That's incredible, Joe. I really uh, value the 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 knowledge and the experience and your time. Thank you so much
1: yeah and thank you guys for uh, providing an awesome uh, an awesome template for us and such great information Um, I am uh, I will definitely keep uh, spreading the good word and uh, thanks for having me on
0: I know you will you're always you're always incredible about that if you are listening to this podcast and this is the first time second time third time maybe even fourth time and you haven't hit the subscribe button do it because there are so many incredible Um, members in the Level Method Legion that no matter if you're doing Level Method or not in your gym, you are going to learn incredible amounts of amazing things like Joe dropping his morning routine and how he balances life and some inner viewpoints of how CrossFit has created such an incredible uh, wave of benefit to our communities. Thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. If you would like to know more about Level Method, you can email me, scott at levelmethod.com. You can check out levelmethod.com, the website, um, set up a discovery call, whatever it is you want. And if you're ever in the area um, where CrossFit or 810 is housed by all means, step in, right, Joe?
1: Yeah, Flint, Michigan.
0: Flint, Michigan. That's right. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you so much for listening. Have a Excellent week.